Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by... Great Lakes Dragway and a David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to get out today to the Great Lakes Dragway. Time but Machine Nationals. Lots of two two shows for the price of one out there today. Lots of lots of stuff happening. The weather's beautiful, so get out to Great Lakes Dragway. Or if you're on the other side of town and you need some wheels, how about David Hobbs Honda? David Hobbs Honda, sixty one hundred North Green Bay Avenue. Make sure check them out for new and used. So. Don't want to really put down a lot of coin for a new Honda. Well, they got lots of used cars at David Hobbs Honda. Always great deals going on. Get down to David Hobbs, buy a car, bring it to Great Lakes, and see how you do against you uh, against all those nitrous uh, cars. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the YouTube channel, it is David Land. David, thank you for joining the show again. Well, thank you for having me back on. I'm glad I didn't burn too many bridges last week. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind some matches, you know that, that that that's fine. We 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 uh, love it here, and lots of stuff to happen. Just lot, lots of stuff happening in the world of auto racing. Of course, we had the the NASCAR news yesterday with uh, Ryan Newman going to the six, and uh, but lots of stuff happening in IndyCar too. And probably the biggest, it's not a big surprise, we saw uh, a sneak preview in the final race at Sonoma. It is the new, I guess you could say, Harding Racing. Yes, uh, a partnership with the New York Yankees going forward. George Michael Steinbrenner IV, uh, who is, uh, well, the fourth in the, uh, in the I guess, the pipeline of the uh, Yankees management, uh, will be uh, forming a two-car team next year, so... Is the same two-car team that we saw Harding Racing run with at Sonoma this year with uh, Colton Herta. Uh, but some people will know him, obviously, because of Brian Herta, his dad, uh, and Pato Award, Patricio Award, uh, who is the reigning Indy Lights champion. And boy, was he quick at Sonoma. So there's a lot of good things coming from this team. They also have a partnership uh, with Andretti Autosport to provide them with some technical uh parts and help to get them up to speed and clearly they were up to speed at Sonoma so very exciting times here yeah it was interesting because uh, uh, with you know, Harding Racing being the Chevy team and uh, Andretti being a Honda team but with that they were still able to uh, do some cross-pollination at least on the chassis side 
And uh, do you think that can continue with uh, when possibly when a certain F1 driver comes aboard? Well, that's the question. And that's the thing that everyone is really confused or just nobody really knows the answer to right now. There's a, there's so many things up in the air when we're talking about Fernando Alonso and where he could possibly go next year. A lot of it's going to come down to whether or not Honda feels like they're willing to reassociate themselves with somebody who continuously throughout their the end of their relationship uh, what didn't have the nicest things or the most PR-friendly things to say about them. Uh, as we know, when Fernando tested with that team, Andretti Autosport, with a Honda engine, there was no Honda branding at all on that car. Uh, the Steinbrenner-Andretti-Harding alliance could open the door for Fernando to end up in a Chevy team. I just don't know how it how it turns out here. This is we're starting to get to the point where I'm just seeing more and more holes closing for this to happen, and not many openings left. Well, certainly, yeah. There's a there's a time frame involved here, but you certainly want to, if from uh, Alonzo's point of view, you you don't want to just go into a situation where you're just cobbling people. Take a couple guys here. Take up. You kind of want a nucleus already. You you want that chemistry and you want the best because uh, you you know let let's face it he hasn't been in the best equipment the last couple of years in Formula One so it'll be interesting to see how if they're able to put all of the pieces in place for him that he that he can be comfortable because we saw what he was able to do when basically that's what they did almost uh, when he ran India a year and a half ago so. Uh, do you think that's still a possibility, though, that they've been that they will a, able to put together a team that he's comfortable running with when the season starts in St. Pete? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. They're they're absolutely capable of it. Uh, it's it's just always it's going to come down to his motivation. It's going to come down to the funding, and it's going to come down to whether or not the engine suppliers are willing to uh, build an extra engine and supply him one. Uh, I think the motivation should be there, but you just never know. It's so early in the process still, even though it feels like we've been talking about this for a year and a half, (laughs) that uh, we still just don't quite know where it's all going to fall. And uh, the other news is there's a rumor of another Formula One driver uh, maybe joining uh, Dale Coyne Racing next year, isn't there? Yeah, Stoffel Van Dorn. So we could theoretically have the full – uh, McLaren team uh, from F1 this year in IndyCar next year. And that one kind of surprised me. I, I thought that Dale Coyne Racing was pretty happy with their current arrangement, uh, their two drive, their two main drivers, which are uh, Sebastian Bourdais and Pietro Fittipaldi. But, you know, if you've got an opportunity to get a displaced F1 driver who maybe didn't receive the opportunity to really show his talent in F1, you know, that's, that's worked out in the past. I mean, Alex Zanardi, Juan Pablo Montoya, a lot of guys who came over uh, after, you know, not quite being able to make it in F1, they come back here or they come over here, and they're instantly on pace. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a, a really great move to pair him with Sebastian Bourdais, who I think just recently re-signed with the team. So, yeah, that could be a real potent combination. Well, it's inter- interesting because when he was coming up through the ranks, Van Dorn was a very heralded driver, and he got to McLaren and everything kind of went, ooh, you know, it, it just nothing clicked. The equipment wasn't that good, and, you know, it's not like these guys can drive, drive their champions or winning races in other series. 
then they get to F1. They, well, sometimes it happens, but it, you know, who knows? This this guy could be he, he could come into uh, Dale Coyne, who's one of the better teams out there, and uh, if he gets the right engineering, you know, hooks up with the right engineer and the right people, you know, you could be saying, "Wow, where did this kid?" You know, a lot of Americans might be not familiar with him and might go, "Whoa, well, where did this guy come from?" Well, I suppose I'd point out the the similarity between his career path and the one of Santino Ferrucci, who drove a Dale Coyne car in the last couple of races of this year. Ferrucci, probably not nearly as highly touted as Van Dorn is coming up through the ranks, but in, in a lot of ways, he was very impressive in his overall pace. Again, he came up through that European ladder system, but unlike Van Dorn, he wasn't a winner. So you would think that a the, the guy like Van Dorn would be able to just be right on pace, especially given the, the similarity in, in equipment throughout the whole field. I, I think he could be right there. Yeah, and uh, what about Ocon? We're, we're, you know, with he, he seems to be the driver that Mercedes can't find a spot for him. Ocon's a really interesting situation. Uh, he, it's, it's really unfortunate, actually, that he's being forced out at, at the newly rebranded Force India team because he's really been the star of that team. Uh, and it's really been clear and apparent that he's had some seriously great drives in a car that's not really been a front runner. Uh, I, I just don't know. I, I've, I've seen some, some posturing and politicking by some of the top F1 teams that they'd like to run a third car for him. I don't know how likely that is. I doubt it would be very likely. Um, the idea of him coming over here to America to race is very exciting. Um, as we've seen, Mercedes development drivers, they don't mess around. Robert Wickens is a, or was yep. a Mercedes development driver. So they, they have a very strong driver development program. And Ocon's, you know, one of the top prospects in the world right now. Uh, so him coming over here would be awesome. I don't know where he would go, though. <laughs> We're just running out of seats at this point. Yeah, well, or we can can continue to add seats, I guess, because if Mercedes are some way able to provide some funding, you know, these teams will open up another seat, you know, especially with some of these IndyCar teams, you know, it's it these these budgets in Europe can be so big, they could not only fund like let's say a driver like Ocon, but they could probably also half fund another driver so they would have no problem adding another seat if it helps them with the rest of the team overall we saw that i mean that was supposedly the deal with uh uh mashusta and the panasonic money where he was bringing in so much money they had no problem buying all the tubs that he was going through and he was also funding some of the other uh drivers yeah, that, King, well, that RCR Wells team brought up, <laughs> yeah, well, they brought up guys like Cristiano Demata. Uh, you know, they, they were able to bring in some really high-level talent to that team, which really elevated them because of Hero. So, but, but of course, I don't think we're really comparing, or it's fair to compare Esteban Ocon to, to Hero. No, no. But uh, just, we, just we from have possibly seen, from a money point of view, I'm saying, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we we are seeing news coming out almost daily now. Uh, it, the, kind of in the wake of the Harding expanding news. Uh, we also saw that Carlin Racing is planning on adding a third car for next year. Ray Hall's looking at adding a third car for next year. There's so many of these teams. Hooncoast was talking about doing two for next year. I mean, there's so many cars available next year. 
and you never know. Again, like you said, all it takes is, you know, enough cash, and these teams can expand and add cars. So, you know, we could have 30 cars coming to events next year, as crazy as that is to say. Yeah, but it would be nice to see if it's filled with drivers such as Ocon and Van Dorn, because that would certainly be a plus. If Not only if Alonzo comes over, but if you have Ocon and Van Dorn, you will definitely get a lot more eyes looking at the IndyCar series uh, next year, wouldn't you? Well, it's almost like the Mansell Mania thing in '93. Uh, when that when Mansell came over here, you also had guys like Stefan Johansson and uh, Nelson Piquet who came over here as well. So you had just a huge international presence of drivers with really quite high calibers and high pedigrees who just never really either never got the shot they deserved or they were slightly past their prime, uh, we could see this a similar kind of interest level from Europe like we saw in 93. And that's what a lot of people kind of have been brushing off, like, well, you know, Alonso coming over here wouldn't be as big as Mansell. I would argue, even though the status isn't quite the same as a reigning world champion coming over here, with the social media aspect and the amount of hype that has been around this, I think it would be equal or possibly bigger for him to come over here next year, especially if he brings a few of his F1 buddies. That's certainly true. Uh, we were talking with uh, David Land on the Mid- Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, make sure to check out David's uh, YouTube channel at David and then last name Land, L-A-N-D. And I tell you what, let's uh, stick around for one more segment with David. We'll talk more Formula One and uh, IndyCar on the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the aforementioned Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Land from YouTube. And make sure to check out his YouTube channel at David Land, L-A-N-D, for all the latest interesting uh, takes he has, not only in IndyCar and F1, but just in the world of uh, racing in general, and also NASCAR. And speaking of NASCAR, last night, uh, a driver was back, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and looked looked pretty good last night, didn't he, David? Mighty impressive for a driver who has not driven in what six or seven months. That was uh, that was a nice performance, kind of dominant actually. Yeah, and it looked, you know, you're thinking, oh, he could win this thing, but uh, Christopher Bell was just too strong at the end and kind of faded a little bit. I mean, he finished fourth, but I think overall, if you're a junior fan, it must have been kind of cool to see him back uh, in the driver's seat at, and uh, get away with not getting his bell rung, which is the number one issue um, with him. And and he says he wants to do it again next uh, next year at a track to be named later, and I'm thinking, well, I know a perfect track from the race at that'd be a lot of fun, and the Xfinity Series, that would, of course, be just north of here at Road America. Would you like to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. in an Xfinity car at Road America, David? I would love to see that. I don't think Dale Jr. would love to see that. Uh, he has He's never really been the best driver on the road courses, unfortunately. I know for the, 
Wisconsin area sports fans, that would be just excellent. But I suspect he's going to go to a short track. I know he was looking at Martinsville. I was surprised he actually didn't go to Martinsville this year. We'll have to see where he chooses next year. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And then, of course, last week was an IndyCar finale in Sonoma. And uh, this is discussed on your YouTube channel where you talked about NBC Sports Network maybe having the first, uh, if you want to call it, full paw with the uh, with the IndyCar series. Why don't you kind of walk us uh, through that and what, what, what you thought of uh, how NBC Sports Network uh, handled the transitioning from going from uh, Vegas, which ran long, to Sonoma, both uh, West Coast rela- uh, races. Well, the long and the short of it was uh, good intentions don't always lead to good things. Uh, This was a well-intentioned thing by NBC Sports, IndyCar, NASCAR, all the people involved in this to try to get some of the audience from a big NASCAR playoff race to invest and be interested in the climactic conclusion to the IndyCar season. There was actually advertisements that NBC had been running all the way through the Brickyard weekend as well. So they were really trying to, to hammer this point home that, hey, you should watch this race. Well, as you said, the NASCAR playoff race went, went quite a bit longer than anticipated. Uh, the, the red flags, the yellow flags, it, it seemed like they you know, were just magnetically attracted to the walls there in the last 20 laps of that, that race, unfortunately. Uh, and unfortunately, because of that, the race ran so long that cars, that IndyCar actually delayed the start of the race for a couple minutes. Then there was a point where there was really a point of no return. The drivers have been in the cars. They sent them out. And then as we're staring at uh, cars stopped on the banking during the red flag in on the NBC Sports Network, suddenly there's a hasty cut, and suddenly one of the championship rivals, Alexander Rossi's car, is smoking. It's clear that he's been in an accident of some sort. And um, that didn't sit very well with, with A, the IndyCar fans, or B, I think, the more importantly, a lot of the NASCAR viewers that the, this whole harebrained scheme was attempting to bring in, you had been building up this whole time that we have this championship rivalry coming down to the wire. It's going to be a really exciting race. And the first thing that you show them is one of the championship rivals in trouble and at that point looked like he was pretty much out of the race. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty major screw-up uh, on NBC's part. Yeah, it certainly was frustrating uh, from from both sides involved. And, yeah, with the Rossi, you're thinking, oh, boy, you know, we were expecting something good here. I had actually picked him to win the race, and then you see him make that early pit stop, but then you're thinking, well, let's see what happens. This is why they run the races, but, you know, in hindsight, it you know Dixon just looked so strong, but Rossi did put on a good show. I mean, he was passing cars left and right at a track which it's very hard to uh, pass on, and uh, ended up finishing seventh, but easily uh, you know had the record for most cars passed in that race. Uh, you know, dropping all the way to the to the rear of the field and ending up seventh. So, what 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 was your opinion on how? Uh, Rossi and then also Dixon, too, and uh, what he was able to accomplish. Well, Rossi, I mean, like you said, what a spirited drive that was. I mean, just tenacity. Uh, I was very, I was actually quite interested that once he got back onto the lead lap after a pretty, uh, an actually surprisingly intense duel with his teammate, Brian Hunter Ray, who was leading the race, 
I kind of found that interesting. It was almost like uh, RHR was trying to reestablish himself as the top dog on the team. But, um, yeah, uh, once he got back on the lead lap and that yellow came out for Graham Rahal stopped on the track, it was like, all right, we finally get to see Rossi uncork. And boy, oh, boy, did he deliver. I mean, he just showed all of the aggression that we had seen from him in kind of short bursts this year. But, I mean, the guy has a, an incredible amount of driving talent. If he minimizes some of the mistakes that we saw this year, I mean, he would have easily been the champion. Just imagine if he doesn't crash it. Uh, at St. Petersburg, he doesn't uh, hit the pit wall at, at Phoenix. He doesn't uh, blow his tires out at Detroit. You know, he probably runs away with this championship easily. But, of course, the guy that always seems to capitalize on other people's mistakes is Scott Dixon. I had seen a stat, I think, that Dixon hasn't had a DNF since Texas of last year when he got uh, run, or uh, two years ago now at this point, where he got taken out by Takuma Sato. He hasn't had a DNF since then. I mean, that's a year and a half of racing that Scott Dixon has continued to pound away and just find a way to get to the end of the race and usually finishes the race up front. And he did that here again. I mean, it was just a perfect Dixon race. He just stayed in contention the whole time. There was It was never really in doubt once Rossi was out of the picture at the beginning. It was, it was well, come on, chase me down, Rossi. But there was no way he was going to do that. I mean, that's just... Such this was such a Scott Dixon year. It was just he just drove it perfectly. It certainly was. You know, he reminds you of a modern Al Unser senior, where he's just the ultimate thinking man's uh, driver. He's always been able to put him in a in a situation to, well, if I can't win this race, I'm certainly going to be around at the end and let other people make mistakes. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be able to capitalize on them. And that just seems to be his, his MO. And I tell you what, it, it certainly has worked out. Five five championships is nothing to sneeze at, is it? No, he, I think he's second on the all-time list. There was a little bit of confusion in the reporting. A.J. Foyt has seven championships, uh, and Dixon has five. For some reason, it was reported that Dixon had tied A.J. or something right. like that, but no. He's still got two to go to get to AJ, but but I mean he's he's climbing that all-time win list. I mean he's not that far off of Mario at this point, and these are numbers that we at one point, I, I, at least for me, thought, oh, there's no way anybody will get anywhere near Mario or AJ in terms of wins, and yet here we are. Scott Dixon is a healthy man. He seems very hungry still, as we saw from some of the driving this year. I mean, there's no reason to think that he couldn't get seven championships and and even possibly challenge AJ for the all-time win list and that's just I mean it's mind-boggling that that could even happen these days it'll be interesting interesting to see if that happens uh I know Jeff had a question for you about next week uh and we we, we talked about it briefly in the first hour Jeff when he- yeah the uh with the Roval coming up and uh you know I think everybody expects it to be a total poop show how how big of a mistake is it that a NASCAR is running this this race that everybody knows is going to be a calamity, and then b to have this race in the playoffs? I don't know if it's from a business standpoint. At least for this year, I'm not sure it's a mistake. I think people are going to watch with the morbid curiosity that they watch a restrictor plate race with, meaning. Everybody knows what to expect going into this. We know it's going to be an absolute carnage fest. 
And that's why the TV rating is probably going to be higher than most of the other races in the playoffs. Uh, it being in the playoffs, uh, unfortunately, is just kind of a result of the current contracts that they have with their tracks. I think they've heard the fans cry out that we really want a road course in, in the playoffs to chase. We, we want to see some variety, track variety in the chase because, of course, it ultimately determines the championship. Well, they couldn't just kick, you know, the extra Charlotte race out and go to Road America, even though that would be probably the best option. Uh, they had to work within their current contracts to put a road course in the chase, and this is what they came up with. Uh, it's like you said, it's going to be it's going to be a very crazy race, but but at least in the short term, it probably will be a very profitable one for them. Yeah, but fans are are calling for you know the Cup Series to run on dirt. They're calling for more short tracks, and NASCAR is not listening to them. You know, telling Tony Stewart, "Don't don't hold your breath," uh, expecting us to call to run the Cup Series at Eldora, uh, saying that you know they really have no interest in running more short track races either. And it just it it boggles my mind that this is what they came came up with and thought this was the best idea, especially to throw in the playoffs. It's just I, I don't get it. Well, it's it's kind of par for the course for NASCAR thinking, isn't it? It's sure like kind is. of half baked ideas at best, you know. Sure is. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and uh, feel free to what, what what's your uh, YouTube channel again? Sure, my YouTube channel is David Land L A N D. Uh, we talk all sorts of racing, try to talk about relevant topics most of the time. Uh, I was reviewing IndyCar races. That won't happen for quite a while but, <laughs> because of the schedule. Uh, but I think I will be doing a full like uh, review and analysis of the Roval race uh, because of what we just discussed. We're expecting it to be a pretty entertaining thing. And, you know, if you enjoy sim racing or uh, also just, you know, talking about racing, that's that's the main MO of my channel. So if you want to Daily content of racing, pretty much. I'm the place to come. Who uh, Who's your pick to win at Richmond, David? Man, that's a tough one. That is such a tough one. I, you know, I, I think I've got to look at the big three, and I've got to look, I think, at Martin Truex Jr. I think he he's probably pretty hungry after losing the one at, at Vegas last week, and uh, he was very fast there last year. I believe he got wrecked by Denny Hamlin, so he's got a lot of uh, – he's got a lot of uh, – uh, you know, unfinished business there. I think that team itself, as we know, they're not coming back next year. They're very hungry going forward. I think uh, I think it's going to be true. All right, very good. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and you're more than welcome to come on next week. So uh, make sure you check out David Land on YouTube. And uh, thanks again, thanks again for coming on the show. Absolutely, thanks for having me. You're listening to David Land on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Start your renovation journey with a simple and convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our community since 1935. We'll be back after a short break talking a little more racing. And then don't forget, coming up in just a segment or two, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. <sighs> 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.